After the recent financial crisis, uncertainty and its consequences have become a major concern for many prominent academics, yet practitioners are constrained by the probability-based tools and regulatory mandates. Managing uncertainty, mitigating risk offers a progressive perspective on uncertainty in banking and finance. Nick Ferruzzi, one of the authors, joins me now. Well, Nick, risk is different from uncertainty, as the great economist Frank Knight said. So how do you define the two? At the time of Frank Knight, um, they, were, they were both used in conjunction. So uh, Keynes and Hayek both use risk and uncertainty. Risk is defined as having a, as events with a single probability, something we can define really well. Whereas uncertainty, we have no idea about how chancy the occurrence is. We may have a range of probabilities. The, the probability itself is something unknown. So looking at these two things from a business perspective or from a company's perspective, what should they be looking at and why is it a concern? Probability and, and risk used to be a major focus in, in financial risk management, primarily because of the history of financial risk management that was born during an era when people believed in probability, when probability had great successes, like it, as in Black-Scholes or, or Markowitz's mean variance optimization. The problem is, is that the real world doesn't have fixed probabilities, doesn't have fixed numbers that you can ascribe to specific events. It's really apparent in some specific areas of finance, in distressed debt, or in emerging markets, it's very clear you cannot easily put probabilities on certain events. But after the crisis, it became really apparent that all of finance is subject to this uncertainty. Well, the business environment today is completely uncertain, of course. You could have terrorist attacks, you don't know what will be happening politically, there's so much volatility. So how can somebody even start to manage these kind of things? We don't say that you can necessarily stop your exposure entirely. For, for a given uncertain event, but it's something that you can prepare for. Uncertain events are not typically um, unique events. We go through some emphasis in trying to de describe what type of events we want to consider, which would be single events, scenarios, which would be combinations of events, causal chains, which are one event leading to another, or perfect storms. In the process of trying to flesh out each of these types of events, we're able to prepare for each sub-event in some detail. But the very essence of uncertainty is you don't know what will happen, so how do you know what to plan for? Uncertainty is not quite the same thing as black swans. I know black swans are, it's completely unknown as what's going to happen. A meteor strikes the earth, we had no way of preparing for it. The thing is, that something that's a black swan 20 years ago, when you get very close to the possible event, becomes just an uncertainty. The Eurozone breakup, maybe 20 years ago before the introduction of the Eurozone, one would have had no idea of its possibility. But as we got very close to it back in 2011, then it was, um, it was merely an uncertainty. Uncertainty because we couldn't put a unique probability to it. But we could describe some of the potential consequences of it and the process for that breakup. As, as tumultuous it might be, we, we were potentially able to say what steps would have to follow in order for it to break up. Okay, so let's take an example. The US election's coming up end of 2016, and possibly we could see Donald Trump as president it's quite unlikely at the moment, but this could happen. So how could we prepare for this sort of thing? And what should companies be aware of and businesses? Two extremes, I'd say you know, Donald Trump and then Bernie Saunders on the other side. I'd say Saunders more would change, would change the financial, uh, financial regulation. Financial regulation is a specific source of uncertainty now. 
Trump, of course, with his bellicose statements, is probably going to make the international business environment much more challenging for U.S. for U.S. interests. It's not absolutely clear that it will have a direct impact, but perhaps his uh, his legislation will. And certainly, if you're if you're a, a company like a, a, an IT company that depends on foreign labor, then you have to you have to prepare long in advance. Maybe you have to consider relocating your operations outside the U.S. so you can have enough labor. And another one would be Brexit because uh, we know that we're, we're preparing for a Brexit vote in the UK. Now, Brexit may not be immediately damaging to UK interests, but one of the major concerns would be UK financial interests passporting into Europe from the UK. That might not be feasible if, there were, if a Brexit vote went through. So in order to continue operations in continental Europe, they'd have to set up subsidiaries in continental Europe which were regulated there. This wouldn't be an issue for, say, Deutsche Bank or UBS that have operations in Europe, but for UK banks, they would have to make sure that they have them long in advance just in case so they can continue their operations through them. But getting this right, is it a bit of a balancing act? Because you don't want to put a lot of resources in planning for something that's just not going to happen. But then again, you do need to plan for risk, for uncertainty, that sort of thing. So how do you get it just right? It's taking the steps that aren't that costly. Many of the uncertainties you're not getting paid back for. But if you can take the steps, either they're through legal means, through planning means, without necessarily spending loads of money. Before the potential Cypriot exit, at Nomura we'd prepared a significant amount for a possible Greek exit, as had every bank on, uh, in the city. For bank holidays, the fact that we could have counterparties that would not pay us, but we'd be, able, but we'd be forced to pay them by the contract, that we didn't want to be held in, in default, so we had to find some workarounds for that. The possibility of defaulting counterparties. We needed to be prepared to serve them with default notices right away. Um, all of these things don't take place and you, you can't prepare for them in a vacuum. You have to prepare for them long in advance. So looking at the 12 months ahead, what should companies be preparing for or what should they just be aware of that could happen? There is the, the coming U.S. election, um, which probably most elections don't result in great uncertainties. So it's unlikely that it will. But then there's the British exit vote, which is a potential source of considerable uncertainty. There is continuing banking regulation. You could say the, the ongoing frictions in Ukraine and in, in Syria, continuing frictions with Europe in terms of, as I say, banking regulation and uh, I'd say over-regulation of UK banks primarily by the European counterparties. And each of these things is something we have to be aware of. As to specific events other than those, I'd say there, there, are, there are not that many at this, at this immediate juncture.